good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Basil Milton Jones. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I'm the senior leader here at Ignite Depot, a.k.a. We Are ID3, and I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Man, I know tonight is going to be a right-now word, a word in due season, a word that will ultimately change your life forever. If you come with ears to hear and eyes to see, and your heart is open and ready to receive the engrafted word of God. So we're going to jump right into the message tonight in the name of Jesus because, man, we have a lot to go over in Jesus' name. We make this declaration in the corners of Isaiah 61 and 1, and it says this. It says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. You sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain and to open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the avengers of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old ways, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise that is due your name. Father, this is the day which you've made. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad. Father, I was glad when they said unto us, go, let us go into the house of the Lord. Father God, may our teaching and preaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the Most High God. Father, I decrease that you may increase all of you and none of me. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, writing the very oracles of your word upon the tablets of their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm covenant with you for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. And it's in your son Christ Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Well, again, my name is Milt Jones. I'm the senior leader here at Ignite Depot. I want to thank you for taking the time out to join us tonight. Man, we have a great word in store for you. So I'm going to ask you to buckle up, buttercup, because here we go. Now, over the last few months, we have been talking teaching on and and I invite you to go back and listen to the podcast or watch the videos that we did on Lord teach me how to pray and it was all about teaching people how to pray teaching people what are the fundamental steps about prayer and understanding that prayer is not a religious exercise but it is making a legal request or petition to Almighty God so our QR code is up at the uh, top of the screen you can scan it man you can uh, uh, find our podcast at ignite to life podcast again that's ignite the number two life podcast and hear this message and all the other messages that have been preached up to this point now before we get into the message tonight man it was just before we was about to come on the come uh you know start the broadcast and everything that you know right now there's this this storm it's called it's called hurricane lee that's what everybody's calling it hurricane lee and, you know, for over a week, I know we were sitting in a service last week and this uh, one of our friends at the church asked and said, hey, what do you think about the Hurricane Lee? I said, it's never going to happen the way they say it's going to happen. She said, how do you know that? Did you get a word from God? I said, yeah. I said, he told me if you speak to the storm, he says the storm will obey you. And she said, 
do you got a word from God or are you just in denial? I said, no, really, that's what the word of God says. In fact, God says this just before we came on. He says, I need my people to start using the authority which I have given unto them. He says, more people are talking to the mountain, talking to me about their mountain than talking to the mountain about me. And God says, if you want your mountain to move, it never said God was going to be the one was going to uh, be the one who was going to speak to the mountain. In fact, he told you as a believer, Jesus told his disciples and he's telling us as his disciples, our fellow students to speak to your mountain and it will obey you. In fact, he says this even concerning this, this, this uh, tropical, post-tropical, whatever they want to call a storm. This is what he said. He says, I've already demonstrated it before you. He says in Mark chapter four, verse 37, Jesus had just told his disciples, hey, go get in the boat, go to the other side. And when he told him to get in the boat and go to the other side, this is what Jesus said to them. He says uh, in verse 37, he says, and suddenly as they were, were crossing the lake, a ferocious storm arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was nearly swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. Now, Jesus is in the exact same storm that the disciples are in, but the disciples are, are panicking. They're afraid. They're, 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 they're uh, surrounded with fear. But Jesus is laying in the boat, sleeping through the storm. But then this is what they said. So the disciples, what did they do? They violently shook Jesus. And they said, Jesus, he... They said, teacher, don't you even care that we are all about to die? Now, think about that for a second. Jesus had already told him, gave him a word. Hey, get in the boat and we're going to go take this boat and we're going to go to the other side. Now, God might have already given you a word about your destination. He might have given you a word about your family. He might have already given you a word about your finances. He might have already given you a word about your situation and your circumstances. But as soon as you got that word, the word of God says the adversary will come immediately to try to take that word out of your heart. Why? Because he knows if he doesn't get that word out of your heart, you're going to hold on to that word and you're going to bring forth a harvest. Jesus had just told them about the parable of the sower, how the first thing that happens, the sower sows the word. And the first thing Jesus said, let us go to the other side. That was the word that was sown in their hearts. They heard the word. They believed the word. They received the word. They even began to act out on the word. But when the trials and tribulations and storms and persecutions and afflictions came. What happened? They did not hold on to the word that they had. They got into fear and they said, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care that we're about to die? Now, when Jesus was fully awake, Jesus prayed unto the Lord. Is that what it says? No. It says, what did Jesus do when he was fully awake? He rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea and said, hush, be still. And just before we came, I spoke to the storm last week. I spoke to the storm again. Each, each phase they kept saying, every time the, the news said one thing, the podcast said this, this person said that, I, didn't, I never got an agreement with them. I always spoke back to 
the storm. And this is what he said. When, when, it, when Hurricane Lee or post-storm, tropical storm Lee or whatever they're calling it right now, when it started to truck, he said to say this. He said, storm, post-tropical storm Lee. I command you in the authority of Jesus. I rebuke you and I command you to hush waves. I command you to be still. And it says, at, at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. And it says, and then he turned to, Jesus turned to his disciples and he said to them, why are you afraid? And that's what the word of the Lord is saying to you today. Why are you afraid? Did I not give you my word? Do you not have faith in my word? Do you not believe that when you release my word unto me, that it, 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 it gives me authorization to spring into action, to bring to pass what it is you've already agreed upon? See, when he says, Jesus asked him, why are you afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? And God is asking that word today. Haven't you learned to trust him yet? After all I've done, after all I've sh shown you, after all I've brought you through, have you not learned to trust me yet? And when I tell you, all I've already given you authority according to Luke chapter 10 and 19. He says, I've already given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. This is not a hurricane or tornado, an earthquake, a flood. None of those things, none of those things are acts of the most high God. All those things come as a result of the adversary trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And then Jesus said to share this word with you. He said, he says, I told you, don't talk about the mountain. Don't be talking, talking to God about the mountain. Begin talking to the mountain about your God. Tell that mountain what it is you want to do. What's the first thing that Jesus told the disciples they had to do? They had to have faith in God. In order for your situation to turn around, in, for, in order for it to change, in order for you to see the results you're believing God for, the first thing you have to do is have faith in God. Say that with me. Have faith in God. Now, after you make a decision to have faith in God, what does it say for you to do next? He says, and Jesus said, I say to you, and he's saying to you, Say to this mountain, whatever that mountain may be, that's where you got to have a prayer life because you got to get before God to find out what is the mountain you're speaking to. Now, the disciples, if they would have just looked at what they saw, they would have tried to speak to the storm. They would have tried to speak to all these different things. But what did Jesus say? Jesus rebuked the wind. And when he rebuked the wind, when the wind stopped, what else had to stop? The waves had to cease. So when you find out what it is, what is the what is the mountain that you need to speak to? I need to speak to that mountain of perversion. I need to speak to that mountain of fear. You need to speak to that mountain of poverty and, and lack. You need to speak to that mountain of, of confusion and delusion. What is the mountain that you need to speak to? 
He says, and when you speak to that mountain, and he says, and when you say to that mountain, mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. He says, you're not asking for it. You're not praying that God would do it. You're saying, mountain, I'm talking to you. Mountain, I command you to be, be removed and be cast into the sea. And he says, and if you do not doubt in your heart, he says, but you believe those things that you say will be done. He said, you will have whatsoever you say. It didn't say Jesus was going to speak to your mountain. It did not say the Holy Spirit was going to speak to your mouth. It didn't even say, brother, pray right. It didn't even say you're a pastor. It didn't even say you're an apostle. It says when you speak to the mountain and when you tell the mountain what to do, because as a believer or a follower of Jesus Christ, as a citizen of the kingdom of God, as a citizen, as a child of God, as an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, Jesus says, I have already given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. He says, I've also given you the, the power of attorney to use his name. Or when you say in the name of Jesus, what you are saying in the authority of Jesus. And even though you hear your voice in the natural, in the spirit realm, they hear the voice of the of the Lord Jesus. They hear Jesus' voice. So when you, you say in the name of Jesus, mountain, I command you to be removed. I command you to be cast into the sea right now. In the name of Jesus, guess what has to happen when you confess it, when you say it out of your mouth, because you believe it in your heart, the mountain has to obey. Same thing with this post uh, post tropical storm or whatever they want to call it at this point. It was that almost it kept trying to gain intensity and try to lower intensity. But we're, we walk by faith, not by sight. We kept speaking to it. No, I told you to hush. I told you to be still. I commanded you to cease in your maneuvers. You would desist in your operations. And the intensity kept going down and down and down to the point where we already told it what it was going to do. We already told it what it was going to happen. Not because of who we are, but because of our authority, but we're operating in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and according to the word of God. And that's the, that's the authority that's been given to you and to me as, an, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the father says, I need you to use your authority. The only way you're going to get God's governing system, the kingdom of God in the earth, is if you as a citizen of the kingdom of God begin to operate according to the principles and the concepts and the laws of God using the authority that he's given to you in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, if I was to give this message a title tonight, all that was the word of the Lord for you. I pray that it was a blessing to you. All this right here is a is the beginning of a new series that we're going to start, and it's called Blared Lines. Blared Lines. 
Now, why is it that God would have me to, to share such a word? Because he says, man of God, he says, you are the watchman on the wall. In fact, he says this in, his, in Ezekiel chapter 33. He says this. He says, you are the watchman on the wall. I'm reading Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 7. He says this. So, son of man, I have made you a watchman. He says, therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. So this whole series is about hearing the word of the Lord from the, the, the Lord's mouth and then announcing it or sounding the alarm before all of our land, our region, every place in which we have jurisdiction. And we're releasing this word over you right now in the name of Jesus. So those who have ears to hear will hear. He says this. He says, he goes on to say in Ezekiel 33 and verse 8, he says this. When God says, when I say to the wicked, oh, wicked man, you shall surely die. And he says to the watchman, if you don't warn that wicked man from uh, uh, to, to warn that wicked man from his way to turn from his ways, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But God says his blood will I require of you. He says, nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his ways and he does not turn from his ways he shall die in his iniquity but you shall be you shall have delivered your soul what is he saying there god says i will give you a word and when you go and you speak that word to people now you can't make a person's decision for you that's a word for somebody right there you cannot make a grown person or even a child's decision whether they're going to operate according to the word of god or not your responsibility is to Teach them, train them, direct them, release the word to them, give them an opportunity to hear it. And when they hear it, now they have a decision to make. They're either going to heed and obey or they're going to disobey. They're going to not heed and they're going to disobey and continue on with what it is they're doing. He also said this. He says, man of God, whatever I tell in accordance to Matthew chapter 10, verse 27, he says this. Whenever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And he says, and what you hear in the ears, preach or proclaim on the housetops. Amos chapter three, verse seven says it this way in the New Living Translation. He says, indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. So he never does anything unless he reveals it first. God never does anything unless he reveals it first. You know, we found out last week that whom the father loves, and according to Proverbs 3 and 12, whom the father loves, whom the father loves, glory to God, for the Lord corrects those who he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he has delight. God doesn't use sickness and disease, poverty and lack and, and chaos to try to teach you something. God is going to show you through this word how he, what he uses to correct. What he uses to correction simply means is to help you to shift your direction. The correction comes to help you shift your direction. Now, we found out last week that people was asking this question, what in the world is going on? And we found out last week when we were when we were together and according to Hosea chapter four, verse one, God was sharing that with us. What in the world is going on? He says, hear the word of the Lord. 
old people of Israel, or Canada, or United States, or, or Asia, or England, or India. The Lord has brought charges against you, saying, there is no faithfulness, no kindness, and no knowledge of God in the land. Now, as a result of there not being any faithfulness, there's no kindness and no knowledge of God in the land. Remember that last part. There's no God, knowledge of God in your land. This is what happened as a result of it. He says, you make vows and you break them. You kill and you steal and you commit adultery. He says, there is violence everywhere. He says, one murder after another. He says, that is why your land is mourning. God says, because there's no faithfulness, there's no kindness, and there's no knowledge of God in your land, all these things are coming. All this chaos is coming. All this destruction is coming. He says, he says, in fact, your land is beginning to mourn. He says, everyone is wasting away. He said, even the wild animals and the birds of the sky and the fish are disappearing. He said, as a result of there being no kindness, no faithfulness, and most importantly, there's no knowledge in the land. Now, we talked about, according to Hosea chapter 4 and 6, many times that my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. But you know, it's something interesting in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, and it says this. He says, the reason, remember, people in Hosea 4 and 6, he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, not because knowledge was not made available to them. He says, that, but they're destroyed for their lack of knowledge because they have rejected the knowledge. They would not receive the knowledge. Remember, when the word of God goes forth, according to the par parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4, when the word goes forth, the person has to make a decision to receive the word. But you can also make a decision to reject the word. Same thing he said in Ezekiel chapter 33. He says, son of man, when you release, when I give you a word to release it to the people, the person has a decision. They can either receive it and make a turn or they can reject it and go another way. And he's saying, my people have been destroyed for lack of knowledge because they keep rejecting the very word which I'm giving them to try to lead them out of chaos, to lead them away from destruction. In fact, it says it this way in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul was writing, writing to the church at Ephesus. He says this, he says that the people, he says, their corrupt logic has clouded their hearts. Uh, their hearts, because they are so, their hearts are so far away from God. Their blinded understanding, I'm reading out the Passion Translation, their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. It never said that God kept the knowledge from them. It never said he kept the word from them. He says because of their own logic, because of their own clouded or blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness, he says it keeps them away from the true knowledge of God. And he says, because of their spiritual apathy, they surrendered their lives to lewdness. He says, impurities and sexual obsessions. He says, but this is not the way of life that Christ unfolded within you. See, if you're in the body of Christ, he said, I did not, Christ did not go to the cross for you to continue to live the same life you lived before you went to the cross. 
When you come to the cross, you come to Christ and you say, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. There is a great exchange that happens. He takes out that old nature and he gives you a brand new nature. Now, your spirit man is brand new, but you are a three part being according to uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, verse 5. I believe it's verse 23. It says that you are a spirit. You live in a body and you possess your soul. Your soul is your mind will and emotion. Now, when you get born again, when you make Jesus the head of your life, what happens? Your spirit, man, is made brand new. You receive a new spirit. That old sin nature is pulled out. He replaces it with the God nature. It's on the inside of you. But that's only one part of you that has been changed. What other? What else has to have to be changed? You won't get a glorified body until you're on the other side of on the other side of this life. But your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion, has to be renewed to a new way of life. But if you never take the time to renew yourself to a new way of life, you will continue to operate according to your past and past confirmational biases, where you will begin to have a tendency to practice, you know, uh, processing information and looking for interpretations and information that are consistent with what you already believe. So if you already believe it, you know, if it, they used to say this back in the day, if you think long, you'll think wrong. If you think wrong, long about the wrong thing, you're going to continue to go in the wrong direction. But when you take on this new nature as a, as a new creation in Christ, Everything about you is brand new. There's nothing. Old. He didn't leave nothing old about your spirit, man, which is the real you. But your soul, which is your mind, your will and emotion have to be renewed. And you renew that by the word of God. But if you have made a decision to when you hear the word of God, you yield to your confirmational biases and you reject any new information you reject or you have selective, you do selective searches, selective interpretation, selective recalls about stuff that you already believe. Guess what you're going to be? You're going to be like a little, like a pony at a fair. You ever been to a fair and that pony is going around in circles, around and round and round? Do you know what happens if you take that pony off of that chain? Even though he's off of that chain, that pony, because he's been trained in his mind to walk around in circles, even though he's off that chain, he's still going to walk around in the same pattern. And if you're born again, if you're born from anew, you have the nature of God on the inside of you right now. If you do not renew your mind, if you continue to reject the word of God, if you reject the message that Jesus taught about the kingdom of God and you're all, all you're going to do is give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to continue to go around and around and around and you will never really come into the true knowledge of God because you are stuck in a holding pattern. And God says, that's not what I have for your life. He says, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm blurring the lines today. You know, if you look at it, you know, I, you see me with my with my glasses on. I can take my glasses off. I can still see. But what happens is when I put my when I put my glasses on, it brings things more into focus. And what happens as long as you have the world's way of doing things or the world's mindset on, it's like you you got blinded thinking. And even though you can see bits and pieces, you can't see the full picture. But when you take the word of God and you shine the light of God's word on that situation, guess what happens? It begins to be clear. He says, I can see clearly now 
All the fog is gone. All the noise is gone. All the deception is gone. All the lying is gone. And why are we calling it blurred lines? He says, because in accordance with 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says, there is going to be a great falling away. He says there's going to be a great falling away. In fact, it's already taking place. And what? And he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. He says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and, and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. Now, did he say, did he say that they was they was just gonna flip and go the other way? That's not how it happens. Do you know how it usually happens? What happens is, is people might hear what they call something new, or they hear a new revelation. And when they hear it, what they do, they hear it and if they don't study, according to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, if you don't study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, then some you can wrongly divide the word of truth. And when you wrongly divide the word of truth, or if you never study your Bible at all, or if you only open it on Sunday, or you open it on Saturday, or maybe you are you or maybe you one of the CMEs, no hate on you, but you a CME. What's a CME? Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter is when you go to church. He's, if you only go to church three times a year, you three weeks out of 52 in a year, guess what? When somebody starts to speak to you about error, and guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Anytime there's deception, every deception has a, a, a portion of truth added to it, or you would, you would realize, man, it, it's just total deception. Or it's a total lie. Even when the doctrine of death, I used to think, Full transparent moment. I used to think when he was talking about doctrine of demon, it was going to be something just, you know, just com completely out there. But it's not. It could be something as simple as, you know what? If you're going to be a part of this denomination, you can't get married. Or if you're going to be a part of this, uh, a part of this, then you you can't eat these meats. Or if you're going to be a part of this, then we don't we don't talk about that praying in tongue stuff. Or if you're going to be a part of this, the only way you can get saved is being baptized. Or if you're going to be a part of this, the only way you're going to do it, you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order for you to truly be saved. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? If you get born when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're already filled. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. That is the nature of God that comes on the inside of you that uproots the old to put in the new. Now, they, what they're talking about is, is Bible evidence being filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongue. But the word of God says, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe he truly was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. It didn't say, it didn't say anything about that you had to be praying tongues. You know, you do you get baptized. Why do you get baptized? Because your baptism is an outward demonstration as a, of an inward witness of what has already gone on on the inside of you. But he says there's going to be a great falling away. Now, he says he says and what people will do, he says they will begin to turn away and it's going to be a gradual turn 
away. And they will begin to follow out the deceptive spirits. He says, and teachings that come from demons. Why? Because a demon wants to wants to deceive you to believe you don't have authority. You don't have a power. You don't have any power. You just got to put up with whatever life gives you. And the word of God does not teach that. Jesus did not teach that. But religion may teach you that you have to earn it. Jesus did all. He did it all for you. All you have to do is receive it and then reinforce the victory that he's already given you. What is, it, what is this great falling away called? It's called apostasy. What is apostasy? Apostasy simply means it's an abandonment, abandonment of what one has professed or confessed, a total desertion, a departure from one's faith or religion. What does that mean? Man, I was hot on fire for God. And then God didn't answer my, I, I, as, a, as a leader, as a form, as a pastor, I've seen people who God did not answer a prayer the way that they wanted to. They gave up on God. They turned their back on God. God, I don't need you. I got it myself. And they went a whole different way. Can I tell you a secret? You will always need God. I need God every single day, every moment of every minute of every day. I need God. There's never a time I don't need him. And what he also told me to tell you this, he says, don't waste your time arguing with people. He says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7. He says, don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas. He says in old wives' tales, instead, train yourself to be godly. Don't even waste your time arguing. When somebody makes a decision, hey, you tell them once what the word of God says, you might even tell them twice. If they, not, they don't have ears to hear, what do you do? You pray for them. Why? Because a lot of these demonic teachings and, and, and beliefs that people come are, are going to be blended. Like, you know, love is love or everybody's supposed to be inclusive and you're supposed to put up with everything that everybody does. And if you really love them, you don't say anything about it. Can I tell you a secret? I don't know a parent out there who if, if little Bobby is about to touch the soul and it's going to burn little Bobby's hand, they just going to watch little Bobby burn his hand and not say anything to little Bobby, even though they know what Bobby's about to do is going to hurt them. God did not, you know, the other side of that is that sometimes people use the word, weaponize the word to try to go up and beat people on the head. Do you know Jesus didn't do that? Jesus just spoke the word only and let you make a decision. Either you're going to believe it or you're not. Either you're going to receive it or you're not. But he didn't spend all his time arguing with somebody who already had their minds made up. Don't argue. Don't argue because see, God is looking for a people he can raise up in these last days with all this calamity going on and people beginning to turn away from the faith and people beginning to follow after these doctrine of demons and people beginning to follow after these errors and people getting caught up. And God says, when my righteous are in authority. Now, when I used to hear that word, when the righteous are in authority, the people will rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people more than that's in accordance to Proverbs chapter 29 and 2. I used to think he was talking about leaders of nations. It includes them, but it's not limited to them. Do you know if Prime Minister Justin Trudeau or President Joe Biden makes a decision from their seat in, in the parliament or the White House, it by the time it trickles down to your house, it's already too late. He's talking about it when the righteous are in authority in the house, when the righteous are in authority on your job, when the righteous are in authority in your community, in your city, in your nation, at your grocery store, at the gas station, when the righteous are in authority, the people are going to rejoice. 
Why will the people rejoice? Because you would have yielded to the word of God and let the word of God become the final authority in every area of your life. Right now, the lines are being blurred and the adversary is doing it on purpose to blur the lines so that you cannot know the truth. But my prayer is through this series that you'll be able to, to discern between the lie and the truth. And guess what? I'm gonna I'm I'm give you I'm gonna give you a cheat sheet. Everywhere we're gonna get the word, all this message for this series is gonna come from the word of God. It's an open book test. It's an open book test. Why is it open book? Because I want you to be able to, even after you click off of this podcast or click off of this live stream, man, I want you to come back and listen to it again. I want you to watch it again. Share it with a friend. Why? Because the more that you Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Just like people was talking about that hurricane post uh, post uh, tropical storm. Lee, they talked about it and talked about it and talked about it to people. Even people in the church was afraid. But when you speak the word of God, when you release the word of God, the word of God supersedes every other voice. The word of God supersedes every other argument, theory, and reasoning in the name of Jesus. Now, in order for you to operate in this authority, first thing you got to do, man, you got to be in right relationship. You got to be in right position. What does that mean? You have to be born again or born anew or have the nature of God on the inside of you. How do you go about doing that? Man, it's, I'm so glad you had. In accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, the word of God says it this way. He says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now that word saved means more than just going to heaven. That word saved means healed, set free, made whole, delivered, and protected. So when you receive Jesus as Lord, you're not only taking on a new nature, but you're healed, you're made whole, you're set free, you're delivered, and you're protected. But how do you go about doing it? He says, he says, for with the Heart man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. How do you go about making making that confession with it? Man, it's so simple, a child can do it. And we're gonna do it right now. Pray this prayer with me. Confess it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart. It says, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, He is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in the grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me right now. I repent of sin and I receive your offer of forgiveness. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for making me whole. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. 
welcome you back in the right relationship with God, welcome you back in the right position. What do you got to do now? Man, you got to get a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it also teaches you about the love of God, and it talks to you about the kingdom of God. We're here at Ignite Depot. That is always our passion because our goal is always this, to show people who God is and what his desire is for their life. Man, we're here every week at 6 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time and also 5 uh, Eastern Standard Time. So, man, you want to click on, have a watch party, uh, save this link, like it, like the channel, like the podcast, and uh, share it with a friend, someone who will be blessed by it. Man, we love to have you uh, join us each week. Now, we also have, like I said, we have a podcast. The QR code is all also available to you right now is a QR code. You just scan on it. It takes you directly to our podcast and you can now you can listen to this message and also all the other messages that we've done in the past. Hey, we also have give people an opportunity. They want to sow into the ministry. Man, this, this word goes around the world to places all over the world on multiple platforms all over the world, sharing the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God and the love of God all across the world. If you want to be a part of that, Man, scan on the QR code or go to our website at ignitetolife.com. That's ignitetolife.com. And you can find the gift page and you can get right there. We also want to give you an opportunity. We we released our first book. Second book is in the works right now uh, called The the uh, Point of No Return, Discovering Your True Identity and Purpose. Man, it really maps out for you what it is that Jesus really done for you. And from the position that it's coming from, I guarantee you it's going to be a blessing to your life. Now, on behalf of Pastor Juwin and the entire Night Nation, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember this. God loves you. We love you. And Jesus is Lord. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.